Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Splash Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, as always. I'm Zeke the Geek, and joining me, as always, is Cliff, the tall one. And today, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? We are talking about, of course, Batman. 1989, baby, directed by Tim Burton, written mm-hmm. by Sam Ham, Warren Scarron. Um, obviously based on the great works of DC Comics, Batman, created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger, and a lot of a lot of thanks to Jerry Robinson because you wouldn't have a Joker without him. This is Batman 1989, starring Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger, and many others, and Billy D. Williams. Never forget the great Billy D. Now, also, <laughs> music by Danny Elfman, because he's the goat. And Prince. Him and John Williams. Him and John Williams. Cheers, my friends. Cheers. Cheers. Cliff. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff. Neither one of us were born during the great year of 1989. Mm -hmm. I came uh, some two years after. But by that point, these phones weren't VHS, so easily accessible for us. Yes. So, Cliff, how did you get introduced to Batman 1989? The floor is yours. Oh, same way I got introduced to like 90s Ninja Turtles, all that, all through VHS. Like when I was a kid, these things were just in my parents' house. And I think I mentioned earlier, like my sister's um, father, may he rest in peace. He, um, I think they were his movies and then they just kept them all, you know, when my mom met my dad and all that stuff. So when I was a kid, they were just in the house, just readily available. So like Michael Keane's Batman has just been a part of my childhood pretty much all through VHS. So that's it but that and returns and we'll get into that at some point in the future but yeah that was my introduction pretty much well how i got into batman 1989 um in a weird way actually um as i've told you uh batman forever was the first live action batman i had ever seen um because i was born in the early 90s uh the animated series was on tv and so that was my first visualization of Batman. I've obviously have read comics before. Comics is my first introduction to Batman in general. Um, and then Batman, the animated series. Then I watched Batman Forever. As a kid, loved the movie. Loved it. And I still enjoy it throughout the years, and I've watched it many times. Um, then I watched Batman 1989, then Returns, and then Batman and Robin. Um, but I, as like you, watched it on a VHS tape, and I enjoyed it as a kid. It it was weird because I was used to Val Kilmer's portrayal of Batman, and I enjoyed that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, his Batmobile, never my favorite. 
never like my top favorite Batmobile. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. Right? It, it's a it's a dope car. Um, I think iconically, you know, it's one of the most iconic Batmobiles to ever exist. Uh, but to me, the animated series Batmobile and Batman Forever's Batmobile were always my longtime favorites. Mm. Um, and I get it. The Batman Forever one, it lights up. It just looks like a shiny toy. But I'm like, I've sat in that car mm. at a con. I think they have those it, at conventions. I keep forgetting that. It hits me, man. It hit me. I've sat in both the original Batmobile from the Adam West show and the Forever Batmobile. Mm-hmm. I got to do it for free, and I stayed in it way too long because um, there's a line of people. But uh, I happened to be walking around with a dude dressed up as Batman who uh, had a great costume. Mm-hmm. And so they let him sit in it. And then I was like, I want to sit in it because it's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> this Batmobile right here. Um, but anyway, enough about Batman forever because we'll get there. We'll get there. But Batman 1989, I enjoy this movie. Um, it always brings me back to my childhood, regardless of if it was ever up there as one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, let, 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 let's get into this beast, man. Um yeah, this movie came out in 1989, so there will be spoilers, people. We yes. don't have to do no non-spoilers review. We've been out longer than we've been alive. If you ain't see it by now... Over 30 years, some might say. <laughs> um, so, if you haven't seen it by now, what are you Just doing? Go watch it. Um, if you want our, our, our fast recommendation, yeah, go watch the movie. Um, parts of it still hold up. Parts of it are very old and very dated, but if mm. you just want to see where Batman came from in the world of film, uh, this is a great place to truly start. Um, if you want to go back and watch the old serials, I have. Some of them are quite interesting. Some of them are bizarre. <laughs> and maybe one day we'll talk about those. Let us know in the comments mm. if you ever want to see that. Um, they're also very hard to find. They're not easy. Some of them are on YouTube, but a lot of them, they've been buried um (laughs) yeah that's true but yeah uh just want to get right into it just yes so i i i want to break down some of the outer workings of the movie beforehand um what do you think of uh the fact that tim burton directed this movie like uh, oh, okay. Okay, so I think it's really interesting because, uh, you know, like before that, he had, you know, Beetlejuice came out before this, right? Yeah, you yep. know, so he had... They wouldn't officially say yes to Tim Burton until they knew that Beetlejuice was going to be a hit. Like, they held off because they were like, we don't know what so Beetlejuice is. Well, they didn't know what it was, so they were just like, well, we'll see how you are as a director, and then we'll see if we want mm. to give you this project. Um, and then Beetlejuice was a success, and that also led to the decision to cast uh, Michael Keaton. So, you know, all the stars aligned continue. Mm. Yeah, but um, basically, I feel like this is one of, uh, Castington Burton was one of the first um, inklings we ever saw of, like, studios getting, like, really interesting in, like, creative directors to do these films 
you know, because even if you go like look at like this uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man, they got Sam Raimi, a guy who was very big in like the horror scene at the time, you know, because of all his Evil Dead work, et cetera, et cetera. Tim Burton, you know, he's a very, I think he's a very like uh, operatic director. You know, a lot of his things feel like fantasy. It feels like it's just this big stage production, et cetera, et cetera. Everything feels like a fantasy. It feels like it's a fake world that you just kind of get tossed into. You know, it doesn't feel like, oh, I could go to get this Gotham at any point in time. You know, it doesn't feel like that to me. So with, um, with getting Tim Burton, I think it was so interesting, man. Like, especially seeing how that, how like his influences have like changed the entire mythos of Batman at that point. Like, like, am I right to say that um, these, like, this movie and probably 89 were, like, big influences for the animated series? Because it seems like, it, it, like they take a lot of this movie, yes. from these. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Cause, the opening yeah. theme for Batman the Animated Series, the design mm -hmm. of the Batmobile, mm -hmm. um, even a, a lot of the time the aesthetic of Gotham is a... Mm -hmm. uh, Based off of this movie like this movie introduced a lot of things um i think even no that's not true so i believe someone once said that like this was the movie that introduced uh the grappling gun and i'm like no because definitely at least dark knight returns by this point was doing a, a, a grappling gun um so but so maybe, maybe that's true maybe it's not movies. um in terms of the mainstream probably book wise yeah, but in the comics like he has gadgets and stuff and uses stuff but for a very long time it was just like i have this battering that has a rope i swing rope i i mean well comics will always do the thing first before the actual before most like adaptations do anything it's very rare yeah but i feel like this movie has inspired quite so a much. number of things also inspired rubber superhero costumes <laughs> mm. which we'll talk about the costume um yeah that's true but yeah tim burton like overall i think it's such an interesting choices because again it goes back to my thoughts of like they're getting these interesting directors who have no like you would never think they would ever do any comic book adaptations whatsoever you know kind of like i um, mean i would never think tim burton would do Wee herman but he did right or like David so, Samberg doing Shazam, or like James Wan doing Aquaman, or like Taika Waititi taking up stuff, as we talked a little bit beforehand, you know, even like James Taika Waititi makes stuff. more sense, but I feel like, I don't know, in hindsight, I'm like, I wonder what Guardians of the Galaxy would look like if Taika Waititi actually directed mm. That would be, that would be fun. And you mm. want that heart? Because I feel like Taika Waititi always finds the heart. Um, Anyway, mm -hmm. I have a recent movie. But, yeah, that's, him, that's so. like all I have to say about in terms of picking Tim Burton as a director. It's just, okay. it was very, very like, in, I don't know, like it's, it just influenced so many things to come yeah. years later. I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick him today to direct a superhero movie, not by a long shot, but uh, a, a, a young, hungry, still weird <laughs> Tim Burton and you want to do, and I think our titular character is a big reflection on Tim Burton as a man. <laughs> He's just a very socially awkward dude who doesn't really seem sure of himself, but man, does he do some good work? You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Um, and I, I just find that interesting that I feel like 
he probably uh i mean now granted he's not the writer he was the director so but he probably had some conversations with michael key and was like hey man like be more aloof <laughs> like mm. be sort of a bumbling fool and I still don't know if I like it. Like, I'm always weirded out by it. I'm just like, Bruce Wayne acts weird in this movie. He's just a weird... And that makes sense. To, like, it makes sense to me. I feel like Bruce Wayne in real life, like, he'd be a weird guy. Mm. He's a weird dude. I mean, I think the greatest example is probably with when him and Vicki Vale have their little dinner date in Wayne Manor. I think that's a very, like, clear choice to kind mm. of showcase. Like, yeah... Here he is on a date, and he's sitting at the other end of the table with this woman. Like, but even when he's just talking, like, because mm. um, and I and I'll get to it when we when we dive into Batman the movie and just like what we feel about characters. But um, but yeah, Tim Burton. Um, I still think he's an odd choice to do Batman, but hey, it paid off, right? So doesn't matter what I think. Tense pay spoke for me. Yeah, so we um, they made this decision. <laughs> exactly. So I, I have no like super opinion about it one way or the other. I just, you know, like it's a fascinating choice. Um, mm. So that's that on Tim Burton, I guess. Uh, atmosphere, man. That's one of the first things I want to talk about with this movie mm. is atmosphere. This movie has so much atmosphere. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's a lot of the tricks well, of the trade down, of the uh, time. Can you break down real quick what your um, definition of atmosphere is just for like people, you know, because we all have different interpretations. I just want to make sure like when people watch this, they know fully what like you're t- like what you mean when you mean like atmosphere. Um, Are you talking like tonally wise, all that, etc.? Simply, yes. Um, like it's a couple of things. It's like just the tone, um, but also more importantly for me, it's like every scene like the scenery the scenery Mm. of it the architecture of the sets and um if they ever actually filmed outdoors Mm. i don't think they ever did honestly but maybe they did um like it's just the way gotham is constructed it's a character within itself it feels and it just and it puts you on edge when you watch this movie i feel like because Gotham should should never feel like a safe place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and we'll get to it when we get to later Batman films. Hopefully I remember to bring these points up. But like, when you get into the Nolan films, Gotham never looks like it does in Batman Begins after the fact. Mm-hmm. To me. Um, the best way I can describe and, that to support your uh, thought is that like, uh, Nolan's Batman films always feel like what Tom King's visuals for his Batman stories look like to me. It just looks like Chicago. Right. It just looks like a very normal city with like skyscrapers. That's it. Like the thing I like about um, the sets of this, of Gotham is like, unless we're in Wayne Manor, we're in Gotham city. It's just like everywhere is dark. Phobic. It feels claustrophobic. There's steam and smog everywhere. Um, when you're inside buildings, it's like there's always 
things just in there, like mm-hmm. um, Vicky Vale's apartment. Like it's a beautiful open layout apartment. Um, probably cost a whole lot if she's just visiting Gotham. It's wild. Um, mm. But like, there's also a big beam in the middle of it, and it's just like, yeah, that that that's Gotham for you. Where it's just like, hey man, we're here, but this building probably collapsed a few years back, so we added a beam now. <laughs> you know. Where it just feels like the city is forever encroaching on everyone's everyday lives, and I and I like that aesthetic choice, especially because like it just ball. it puts you into like the mood of where this place taste takes place, and that's what I mean by atmosphere. Where it's just like it just puts you, it makes you feel like you're there almost. Mm. Where you're just like, hmm, everything about this is off. And that's the point, because when you it immerses, that's how I that's how I always picture Gotham. It's just like if if you've never grew up in New York, but you've always heard stories about New York, and you actually go to New York and you walk down the streets of the Bronx or Brooklyn, and you're just constantly like, "What was that? What was that?" You know, like that's how Gotham should feel all the time. <laughs> you're just like, I don't understand how people just yeah, let's take a shortcut in this alley like people do in the beginning of this movie. Like, no, how about we don't. How about we don't? That's dumb. That's a, right. That's the one thing about it. It's like, why y'all? Always, why would your parents just take a random alley? Like, you can stay on the main streets. You had a movie theater. I'm sure you near Broad Street or Market Street somewhere. <laughs> like, they were also tourists, doing? but it's like, you got to know what's going on in Gotham City. Like, it's mm-hmm. always boggled my mind reading comics where I'm just like, why does anyone live in Gotham? Why does anyone live there? And this also leads me to another question that which world universe would you rather live in? The Marvel universe or the DC universe? Because they're both terrifying. Mm. They're both equally terrifying. I would like to live in the DC universe because Superman exists there. You know what I mean? Like, at least there's a Superman. Like, I'm sorry. I can't rely on Captain America defeating a god by himself. But I can count on Superman to do so. Mm-hmm. But then and anyway, like- they're always rewriting your universe anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'll be fine eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm, I get that. Uh, I don't know. I would have to think more about that because I'm just like, they both suck. It's like, do I want to I would never with- live in Gotham. That's for sure. Right. Exactly. It's like, do I want to deal with potentially being stopped by doomsday or seeing a giant sentinel just like randomly in a park you know it's like which one do i want to toss up here do i want to deal with like mutants or you know whatever like killer croc popping up through a sewer don't know yeah but if you don't live in gotham you don't have to worry about killer croc that's true i live in the outskirts of metropolis where where the rich people don't really care about. Mm. I watch everything from afar. <laughs> but at least, hey, Superman's still here. If I scream loud enough, he might hear me. I mean, give me you know Star I mean? City. Well, that seems to be pleasant. You know, seems like I'd, actually, city at least. I'd live in the Midwest if I lived in the DC universe. Mm. Straight up, I'd live in the Midwest. Nothing's going on out there. <laughs> Nothing. 
there there might be miles away a secret laboratory that might blow up one day but that's mm -hmm. that's ways away and doesn't actually affect my livelihood right. so like there are people who are just you're i'm never living in a big city in an actual comic book world you can't i'd move to smallville because a lot doesn't go down after superman leaves so mm -hmm. <laughs> i'd be cool i'd be i'd be cool in smallville yeah, i'd chill in smallville true. small town mm -hmm. life just a away from the hustle and bustle mm -hmm. and if i'm lucky and i'm just taking a long hike one night i might see a dude flying with a woman who knows i might be right. like Hey yo, I think I just saw Superman. I'm gonna keep that to myself because people might think I'm crazy. That's true. But no, uh, I will say, um, in terms of like atmosphere, for me, this movie it feels it feels purposeful, it feels very staged, it feels depressing, it feels wet and like damp, like it just feels like no one is actually happy <laughs> in this world. And and I'll even add to you, like it feels Billy Dee will have some words to say to you about that one. Probably. But yeah, like but like, man, even man like having a good time. Right. But like even like the scene in City where like City Hall where Joker pops up during like their um annunciation or like public announce service announcement. I'm just like even looking at City Hall just feels sad. It feels like sorrowful. Like it doesn't feel like anything I guess hopeful is the best way I can put for it. But yeah, it also feels very claustrophobic, especially when we get to like whatever news um, station or news building uh, Vicky Vale and Knox are in. I'm just like, why are why y'all got these high ass like drawers <laughs> with all these files and whatnot? Like, why is this not a regular <laughs> like news office? What is this? This feels weird. But but yeah, also I think um, it's tonally interesting, especially with the atmosphere. But like, it, it's all it's all purposeful, basically. You know, like it's all like everything here has a purpose. And yeah. I, that's like probably one thing I appreciate about yeah. it. This movie is also very 80s, which is fine. Mm -hmm. It was made in night, you know, it was obviously filmed in 1988, maybe 87, mm -hmm. if that. So it's, it, it, but yes, it still does everything that you say it does. But it's also, and it's an old movie. It is. But um, it gets more interesting because. I think once we get to returns, Gotham gets more claustrophobic. Like it's so much limited space they use in the in the sequel. Gotham gets more claustrophobic and super horny. <laughs> the Batman movies get progressively more horny as they go along in 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 this quadrilogy. Oh, I can't wait to talk about madness. Oh, I can't wait. These Ooh. movies get progressively more horny. It's mm -hmm. odd to me. <laughs> like it's wild um but yeah uh you know yeah i feel like you know we could talk tone and talk about you know the aesthetics of tim burton for hours if you really wanted to but let, 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 let's get into the story shall we uh i'm not i'm not i'm not breaking this down but you know i just want to give you a gist so everybody knows where we are but basically you know we open up in this movie and we got family trying to leaving the theater i guess you know reminiscence of what happened to bruce wayne is, is this the moment is this when it happens we don't know as a viewing audience for the first time but no man decides hey we're gonna go down this alley they go down an alley dude asks for a dollar mm. they don't give him a dollar they ignore him then another guy's like hey man give me your money 
And the guy gives him his money, knocks out the dad, mom screams, and then they're on a roof having conversation. And then, again, going back to atmosphere. Now, granted, here's what I'll say. I barely like any of these Batman suits. Like, Mm. in general. I think they all look ridiculous because in this movie, the suit fits him. The cowl does not. There's about an inch of space at all times surrounding this man's face. They corrected in returns, but for this movie, woof, woof, do not like this costume. I hate the cowl. I I hate, I, I don't like it. I know a lot of people love it. I know a lot of people grew up with it. The best you're wearing a black suit. Really you're, you're wearing a you're wearing a black suit. Who gives a crap? Is anyone really going to be able to tell? Who gives a crap? I don't. Um, I just don't like it. But you know, like it looks fine. I just the cow's way too big. Cow is way too big on this dude. Um, and I wish they fixed it because it was always distracting and obviously it's very stiff um mm. we can make all the jokes about he can't turn his head he has to like do all this stuff you know yeah yeah it is dumb <laughs> and it's funny it, it sometimes serves, it serves purpose. um but yeah like when he's standing still and just being menacing and all that and when he's in mm. silhouette batman great um but this batman also don't cur he just be murking fools left and right um but since we're talking about the big big the big chief uh what do you feel about michael keaton my man like michael keaton as bruce wayne and batman uh, I mean, I will say, okay, so I think he's definitely not my favorite Batman to say, you know, but, um, he's, he's serviceable, if that makes sense, you know, like, for this tone of movie, it works, right build, right height, you know, the Bruce Wayne is very, I'm talking no. about like in terms for this movie, not no. in Batman in general. No, I think just for no. this movie. <laughs> still no. Like, well, well, at least for me, that's like, I'm like, cool. It works for me. Whatever. Him and Joker are about the same height. And like, mm. Jack, it's Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's not a towering man. Mm. So. Yeah, sure. I get that. That's fair. But yeah. Um, it's fine. His, they can look eye to eye to each other. It's it's all good. Yeah. His, his Batman, his Batman, I think is very service, serviceable. It's as we get on. In like future movies, those Batman started getting more interesting and whatnot. But uh, his Bruce Wayne, I think, is the only Bruce Wayne we ever really see. Most of. I'll disagree with you though. I, I think his Bruce Wayne is interesting. I just he doesn't go on an arc in this movie. Like mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne's character in this movie to me. Yeah, it's 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 not a. Is it like to me? He's just he's serviceable. It's about film. Batman's first supervillain and how he deals with it. Mm-hmm. Not about Bruce Wayne, the man behind the mask, or is the man the mask? 
it's it's not about that duality fully mm-hmm. you know what i mean like in this movie he's literally just a nuisance for joker essentially in this film it's not even that, like i want to get deeper than that a little bit um because joker even says it in the movie it's like he's just like this itch that i can't scratch or like you know he's this like mouse in the walls of the house just constantly causing stuff to like fail I mean, but that's any super villain and superhero yeah, sure, yeah. dynamic is just you get in the way of all my plans why don't you go away you're like a bad rash oh you're mm-hmm. you're like an std blah, blah 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 you know like i've heard him be said i've read him be said it's always you know um not to downplay your downplay your your thought mm-hmm. i'm sorry no, no, you're good. Like, um, like I, I have the least to say about Michael Keane. Everything else I have to that to the, to the everything I everything else I have to say about this film is focused on other characters. <laughs> don't get me wrong. The, the, don't get me wrong. Um, I agree. It's weird, and I don't. It is not my favorite portrayal of Bruce Wayne, but I I can see that Michael Keaton made a choice. And I like his choice for what he was doing. I hope, however, because, you know, we are filming this in the year of 2022 mm-hmm. and the Flash is on the horizon and supposedly he's in that movie. Batman and Batgirl as well. So, Which because I don't feel like I truly ever see seen his Bruce Wayne do the things that I've wanted to see Batman Bruce Wayne do um, in terms of like you know it has always bugged me and, and I'm gonna finish that statement but it just made me think of something I want to say real quick but it has always bugged me does this Bruce Wayne not are his parents not buried in a cemetery Because the only reason Vicky Vale has to actually, because it feels like clock yeah. convenience rather than he is doing this as a choice to just drop two roses where his parents died, rather than just going to their gravesite and talking to them and just paying his respects there. I mean, I feel like seem like a Batman who's passed, like he's already passed his trauma. I feel like in a lot of this, like in these. But I don't think he has. And I think that's sort of why Michael Keaton plays him the way he is, is just because like he hasn't actually dealt with it. He's probably much better along than a lot of other angry, angry, like Mm -hmm. he's not a super angry Batman. He's just sort of a guy who's like, I really don't know how to comprehend that, but I'm not like mad. Like he doesn't know how to feel about it. Mm. and because he's already batman in this so we don't necessarily see that yeah but arc of... he hasn't been batman long really it feels like he has in this movie to me no because people don't know because he's still a myth That's at right. this point mm-hmm. so he might have been yeah, at it maybe yeah, yeah. for like you know he probably had a prototype suit at some point just going mm-hmm. around beating dudes up in a ski mask and then yeah. eventually getting an act making an actual costume with a with a cow that makes sense and getting all the toys right. and stuff prepared like yeah. he had to go through that period so i don't i think like 
he has just started going out in the full costume and the full regalia. Mm. And this is why people are like, oh, crap, you're real. Like you're actually. Do you think maybe real. it's a like a weird like disconnect because it seems like it seems like he's been he's been Batman for some time, but like Gotham doesn't really know. But yet the Batmobile is very decked out in all these, yeah, like, gadgets and whatnot. It's, it's not like his first. Maybe he's been more secretive about it. I don't know because as we said, Gotham is very claustrophobic, and he's just raring down these right. streets. Because even the, isn't the Batmobile also he, in this film? as well yes introduced at the end okay because they do the spotlight thing when he's in the bat plane and he goes up mm-hmm. not not even the spotlight he goes up into the moon mm-hmm. and then drops down when he flies through a city and starts shooting rockets everywhere mm-hmm. um but at the end of the movie because they're just like and how do you get how do you reach him he gave us a, a symbol right. and then he shoots it up and then it's like that's right yeah okay yeah yeah i'm sorry everybody if you're wondering why i'm asking these questions because i watched these movies i guess probably like three weeks ago zeke just watched them like a few days ago so i still i just gotta be like reminded of some things but like, i guess that's why there's a disconnect for that's me, on me. Like, that's yeah, on no, me no no you're good no no you're you know, good should have recorded this sooner I, I think that yeah i just think there might be a disconnect a little bit because it's like it feels like he's been at this for some time but gotham still doesn't know that he exists, you know. I think he's in like the first few year phase. I think this is a Batman that was just like, well, I have a lot of money. I might as well be pre- prepared like for anything with my car, you know. Like I feel like he's the type of guy who's just like, I'm doing even the bank as well, like cr- like defined. Yeah, at this it's point. a it's a it's a weird it's a weird like when does this actually take place in his career? Because. Mm. This, for all intents and purposes, is his first big bad. Like, this is his first villain. Mm-hmm. Like, he's probably he's probably taken down the mob. He's probably been through all that where, like, the mob is done, you know, where, like, right. they're all locked up, put away, or dead. Um, and so now this is his first, like, oh, you're 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 a you're a super villain. <laughs> like, you're crazy. Um, so Very. I feel like it has to be around that time where it's just like, yeah, mobsters aren't gonna say a dude dressed up as a bat beat me up, you know. They got street cred to to to, to hold on to, but you know, so mm. the police don't really know. They're just like, well, we found him beat up, and he's just like, yeah, some guys beat me up. Tell you, a man, one man beat up me and my friends, mm. you know, dressed up in very tight. Right, because the first uh, scene we're introduced uh, to Batman is two like, goons, is the two goons who robbed the family, and they're like, you know, the Batman man, and then one of them's like, oh, he's not real, so it's like yeah. he's been around, but like he's still unknown to some. He's, he's not well known yet. Yeah, he's a myth at this point. But yeah, back yeah. to uh, overall, like Michael Keane's Batman from Batman Bruce Wayne for me, it's serviceable. I do enjoy like the moments with him and Vicky Vale where they're like, should we take yeah. the soup into the kitchen? Like, yeah, let's go back in the kitchen, you know? Yeah, and I like those moments, even though I I was watching this movie with my girlfriend, and Kathy said a very interesting thing. She was just like, he doesn't ever say anything. Like, that was her quote. Like, he never actually says anything. Like, worth of Like, meaningful. Like, when he's having a conversation, he always talks around things, Mm. you know? 
And I, I always chalked that I, for years, I've always chalked that up to that, you know, this is the kind of Bruce Wayne that doesn't really fit in either world yet, where he mm. doesn't really know how to be like a good sociable human being, but he's also not like the slickest or best superhero yet. Like he's not fully comfortable in either point yet. This is why I've always seen this very early in his career mm. where he's not like what we all know as Batman yet. Like he's on the road to that. Villain as well. Yeah. Because like this is the first time he's caused the actual creation of someone. Not even that, but it's just like this is the first time where he's dealt with someone who challenges him. Mm. Where everything up and up up to this point has probably been very easy and just like yeah just simple thugs you know mobsters whatever they're a bunch of mooks but then you get like oh like this dude has toys as well like he's he's into theatrics like he's making a show of it he's not doing dealings behind closed doors he's he out in the commercial open. yeah like he's doing things he's never seen done before Mm. this is his first experience with something like this and it's just weird because he's just like i've never this is new to me Mm. also i killed you also i have repressed memories about you because you murdered my parents so i feel like this bruce wayne's dealing with a lot (laughs) he's been a murderer before that moment he murdered everybody in this movie and then in part two it's worse it's just enhanced like dude batman and then he smiles about it and i'm like this is this is the best way i can say it michael king's batman and this will this counts for this this counts for my thoughts about him in this and batman returns has the least character development in both movies yeah it's not about him discovering or learning anything per se Mm -hmm. It's all about the villains, essentially, and just the theatrics of it all. Yeah, it's all about seeing, it's about the rise of the villain, mm. you know, because he never does an origin story. Like, yeah, we do, we, do, we do a flashback just to piece the things together so we can have the flashback. Mm. Because I've, I, I've always hated when, and, I, and I've been victim of it too, where we always say, ah, oh, we always see the pearls drop, and it's like, times have we actually we saw it once okay i think for i think forever they they use the the imagery a lot in that regard mm. well, i'm gonna have to go Where back sh- and watch forever i can't wait till we get um oh you know i thought it was just begins in bbs that did the pearls technically i don't remember if no this movie it, does it too yeah. forever mm. does it a lot um but forever does a lot of you know we have we see dick grayson's whole family get murked even though i I always felt like that was overkill because i was like now these people all lived but we just have a like is there an alternate universe where dick grayson had a family and there's just a bunch of like superhero robins running around because that that could be fun and cool, like an alternate. I don't know if anybody's ever made that where Robin Dick Grayson still just became a hero. Mm-hmm. Like if someone took this continuity, like this version of the origin story where he had siblings, because he's an only child in the comics, has always been and always will be 
I mean, yes, he has a bunch of other adopted brothers, but I'm not going to say anything until you read Current Nightwing. We'll talk about that later. No, no, it's actually very good. Like we'll talk Stop. about it when you no. get there. I love it actually. But yeah, but um, back to talk for a little Batman. bit. I'm gonna just go order some stuff right now. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Mike, uh, Michael Keane's Batman. He's he's serviceable, but he he works for me just because we get the through him we get the introduction to probably one of my favorite um actors and one of my favorite characters in like the entire batman mythos in terms of live action movies can i guess can i guess can i guess sure bob <laughs> no i was actually going eckert my boy bob oh detective eckert His overly adr but who should have just been bullock i i always hate the fact that the movies have never had the the chutzpah to put mm. bullock in the movies I don't get it. Just just put a slovenly big dude who's sort of a... Bullock was in Batman Begins, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Is that book? Is that Bullock? I think so. I think they were also in Forever and Batman Robin, I think. Bullock? I think. I think. I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure on that, but... The police are a non-factor in both movies. In both mm-hmm. those movies. Like, there is no, like, working together with Commissioner Gordon in those movies. And those have always been my problem with those movies. It's just like, can, mm. can I see Batman do half of the, like, as I've gotten older, obviously I can pick apart Batman forever for days, but mm. it's the, it's just very nostalgic for me. But, you know, like, and I still don't care for, like, this Commissioner Gordon. I think he's, the most useful in this movie, bar none. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Eckhart is just Bullock. Continue. Yeah, but yeah, no, Jack Nicholson's Joker. Like, my goodness, I am I I am entertained every time he is on screen, and I love the way where um again we talk about um earlier we talked about like purposeful you know atmosphere and all that the cinematography in every scene that either is Jack Napier or Joker, oh, it's superb for me. Like that one, like the first introduction to um, Joker in like the dark doctor's lab and you just hear his maniacal laugh. I'm just like, oh, I am actually terrified. And then when he first shows up at his like boss's um, uh, office space in whatever giant tower or giant building that's in, like the use of shadows and lighting here and like what Jackson is doing with this character, his voice, his cadence, his walk, like everything works for me when it comes to Jack Nicholson's Joker. Even when him and Vicky Vale talk or like before that when Prince is party man, and you know him and his goons are like painting the art museum. I'm like, oh yes, I love this vandalism. I loved it. Like this is a Joker who's just like, yeah, I'm a gangster when I need to be, but I'm having a good time too. Like, you want a two-step with me? Come on, let's go. <laughs> you know, like that's how I picture it sometimes. But man, this is a joker for me to like, not saying he's the best, it's just like, this is entertaining. I'm terrified, but I'm also like, I still want to see more of you. Like, just keep you on screen for me and I'll be happy pretty much. But yeah, what was your uh, question earlier? Cause I know you're about to ask something about uh, whatever it was. Do you like his laugh? Actually, yeah, I dig it. Like for me, it works. 
especially in when we first hear it, it slowly progresses into getting more uh, louder and yeah. louder. I'm just like, I love this build up, because because yeah. it shows like, yeah, he's he's down in the loony hole. He's fell into the rabbit hole at this point. He is officially yeah. crazy. He's accepted his whatever. He's accepted his condition, and now he's just about to wreck mayhem or wreck havoc on Gotham City at this yeah. point. I also think it's the only time Joker ever laughs, besides he's Romero. Like, do we ever get another... Well, we only get Heath Ledger. Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Does he laugh in those movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And right. so does... uh Oh, Dave, uh, Jared Leto. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heath Ledger definitely laughs, bro. You... Serious? You don't think that I, and they also got Mark Hamill's laugh, baby. Uh, that's true. Well, because he was say, in a movie that has a theatrical release that we will be talking about. And guess what? Mm. That is the best movie Joker laugh to this day. Mm. Yeah, I won't. I won't disagree with you on that. But uh, yeah, what do you think about Jack Nicholson? Like, what's some of your favorite moments? Um, his, like portrayal. I had in my notes. Jack Napier slash Joker, always entertaining. Every time I watch this movie, there are times where I get bored with this movie. And then when Jack Nicholson's Joker pops on screen, I'm always back in. Um, mm-hmm. Because like, there are just times where I'm just, I'm more invested. And, and the movie, for the most part, is more invested in seeing the Joker because his scenes have a lot more breathing room. It was always show less of Batman, show more of Joker until the end where you know they're both on screen more times but like there's more screen time of the joker than there is like jack you're going to act in all these scenes okay um and i and i do like jack nicholson like it has always bothered me that like he's just a bigger guy Mm -hmm. than i would personally want my joker to be like i just want my joker a little bit thinner um now granted he's jack freaking nicholson like let the man do and when he and when he's on he's on and he was on in this movie and i always enjoy his performance regardless of Mm -hmm. visually how i would like the joke because like i've never liked the fact that his face is just perpetually stuck now granted if jack nicholson just had the makeup on he looked kind of weird so Mm -hmm. it makes sense why he has the perpetual smile so it makes sense to me it was just always just like Mm. also the only time in a live action movie where the joker has used actual uh laughing gas to kill people mm. and we haven't seen it since with the pedal and in like air balloons yeah like, like the first time like this is the stuff that jack nicholson does is the stuff i wish i could see a current live action joker just do like have weird stuff pull out an obscenely long pistol for no apparent reason um you know just have fun like have Mm -hmm. fun with the character and i feel like that's something that's missing from a lot of current day batman movies is there's no fun because at the end of the day these are superheroes as much as i want my superheroes to be taken seriously i still want to have the fun and i feel like Mm -hmm. the joker is the one character that should be having fun while everyone else is miserable. Uh, is this um, the um, is this the first time Jack Napier has ever been mentioned in anything related to Joker? It's the first time Joker has ever been given a name right. and an actual because he's always award. been just some maniacal yeah. laughing 
murderous clown. He's dude. just a guy who doesn't even know how he came to be. Um, okay. Now, granted, there's obviously, you know, the stories, the killing joke, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the most famous one, obviously. So, yeah, like, but this is, like, but this is the first time where they were like, origin. hey, here's this thing. And the one that like changed his origin and made it different, like specifically mm-hmm. different, you know, because Joker has never murdered the Waynes in anything, um, except in two things now where he inadvertently got the Waynes murdered in Joker and murdered them himself in Batman 1989. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like for me, Jack's, uh, Jack's Joker, JJ, if you will. <laughs> He's he, he's entertaining. I, I enjoy. He's it. great, he's man. Finished. He's great. He's great. He's the best Even thing about when I movie. don't always buy it, I'm mm. I'm always just like, but he's good, you know. Mm. You never yeah, hit a guy with glasses, would you? Right. I love it. You are my number one guy. He's great, or man. Great. In the conversation with Vicky Vale, and he introduces his uh his side chick, who like he now somehow made her start going through the transformations. That he had to deal with facially. He was banging his boss's wife in his boss's home. This man had no chill at any point in this movie. He burnt the boss alive with just the electrical hand thing. Like this is that wasn't even the boss. He shot up the boss. He he just burned another big wig. Um, Mm -hmm. but like this this man shoots his own henchman. He has no. I know. I hated that. I was just like, yo. Bob ain't do nothing wrong, bro. Bob like I, I felt that one. No, he didn't. Bob didn't mess up. Your plan was stupid. And Bob had to pay the price for it. And now you're dead. Mm. So who's laughing now? That's right. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, before we rank these, um, what do you think of like Vicky Vale in this? Oh, Kim Basinger? Great. Um, I mean... She's your typical old school traditional damsel in distress who has a little bit to do, but then ultimately she's mm. just the girl that has to be saved. But she does it darn well. And she's charming, and the chemistry with her and Michael Keaton is great. Um, she's great. It's just like, you know, the, the movie's called Batman, not Vicky Vale. So, mm. like, but I, I, I want to give woman her props because she, she, she put on her work and boots. Vicky Vale again until I think forever. In terms of continuity. That's not Vicky Vale. It's not? No. I can't wait to get to forever. Like, Don't worry. Yo, I literally That's Chase Meridian, my friend. The super oh, right. Chase this... Meridian. The therapist. Right. Who has right. all the Batman, you know, the dual identity yeah. motifs in her whole right. apartment. And she is just super like, I want to have that, sex I want with that Batman. Batman. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's Chase Meridian, not Vicky Vale. Okay. Vicky Vale's uh she was a long-term like love interest for Batman in the comics for many years mm-hmm. on and off, but it's just sort of slowly just become all about Catwoman in the comics, which I'm like, that's cool and all, but there are also like other women that were sort of like his lowest lane that I kind of wish we not now. I feel like now let's let's ride this Batman Catwoman train you know, mm-hmm. till the wheels fall off and then let's let's like kick it back and like go back to a Vicky Vale and actually make her and Lois Lane like friends. If we can't, now granted, Vicky Vale's purpose is to always be the one that gets away. Mm-hmm. You know, 
the one that was the one that always makes Bruce consider maybe I should quit. But now that's all Catwoman. So, I mean, there's many women in the comics that have, you know, inspired Bruce to be like, maybe I can give this all up. We're going to talk about another movie. Also, after Michael Keaton is done moving forward, there's always a Batman who just wants to quit. For some reason, we always got to have Batman being like, I can't do this anymore. I just need to live a normal life. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't, man. You can't. You have a mission that you can't go back on. And I can't wait to talk about the best movie that handles that perfectly. Mm. So, yeah, uh, let's let's rank these. Uh, favorite Batsuit, favorite Batcave compared to 66 um, Batman. Well, this is better than the 66 Batman suit, so it's number one for right now. Uh, this... I do like I do like this Batmobile as a legitimate Batmobile mm. um, better than the 66 one. I love the 66 one. It's just cool. I I personally would like get rid of a couple of little things about it personally. Mm. Like I put a roof on it. I know that's blasphemy, but I don't I don't like the thing that's I don't like it. It's dumb. It looks dumb to me. But uh, yeah, so all the Keaton stuff would be number one for me as of right now. Mm. Yeah, I get that. Um, for me, I think Keaton's Batcave is a little more interesting just because, again, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The a, they're doing a lot more with it than just, you know, oh, we slapped the hole a, and it's right here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, That's a set, this Batmobile That's... is very weird to me because, like, for four movies, we just continue with this phallic long object that doesn't like this should make sense how it turns like this is a very wide like have you actually seen seen those things drive no mm-hmm. i mean they can not, not in know. real life it's just least, but... it's just turning like a limo it's not it's not mm-hmm. nothing really yeah, different. Like, it's yeah. just you're further back mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. so yeah i just assume you had to be like a bus like you got to start off wide and then turn it but like whatnot. my only problem is is in that gotham city it's usually laughable to me just like there's a reason why they have to build stuff so he can make turns because it's like mm. the batmobile would never be able to cut that corner that fast not it's this probably batmobile. set up like the fire trucks where like there's one driver in the back actually driving no, 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 no. With him. you can actually drive it like it's a fully oh, okay. functional car like all the batmobiles are fully functional the tumbler's mm. just super loud it would be annoying to drive in that's the only thing about the tumbler like it's the engine is massive it's basically a monster truck essentially um it's just a loud beast of a of a car that's why they always had to film it with no sound when they were actually filming it because you don't want to listen to that thing roar it's freaking loud as heck that's why they never let christian bale drive the thing he wanted to so badly they wouldn't let him <laughs> He was always mad about it. He was like, always wanted to drive the Batmobile. They never let me. Because <laughs> it's also super loud. He wouldn't be able to hear any direction. Like, those guys had to practice and then know where they were going. But, um, oh, yeah, all the Batmobiles are just ridiculous, just in general, because you should have more of an actual car in that version of Gotham City. Mm. Like, if they just painted the 1966 Batmobile matte black, and gave it yellow trim i'd be like cool word also you never see him actually get in or out of the car or get in the car because he had to be hoisted into it 
That makes sense. Well, just like um, I think they all did, but there was always that story of George Clooney being like, "Yeah, I could never actually just get in and out of the car. Of the car, they always had to lift me and place me inside of it." And I always just picture this man just like on a crane, just drop. And then he have to like adjust as he's going down because the suit is so stiff. Mm. I just wish I could see that footage just once of any of these guys getting forced down. Um, but yeah, but that's yeah. that. That's pretty much uh, you know those phallic Batmobiles make, make no sense to me. Better theme song as well. Yeah, Danny Elfman. Ah. Great, great opening credits. Great opening credits. Oh, I, I want to say this. I'm just checking my last bit of my notes. Um, <laughs> I wrote at one point, what was Batman's plan towards the climax of the movie? I can't remember into what specifically that's a reference to, but it doesn't matter. But also I had Batman plays dead a lot in this movie and Kathy thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> Because he gets hit and shot a bunch and then he just lays there for a while. Even when he's mm. in he gets like, Vicky like, Vale's like, apartment, he gets yeah. shot and then he's just like, and then he just disappears. And Kathy laughed every time. She was just like, why does he keep doing this? And why does everyone keep falling for it? And I was like, baby, he's Batman. <laughs> That's all I can say. Batman is the greatest actor in DC Comics. Because <laughs> he just plays dead half the time in this movie. And I'm like, Get up, Batman. I will say, I do hate the, here's my battering, flick. My old director for uh, The Dark Knight, he loved getting a giant battering, and so you can just click it out. I hated it. I thought it was dumb. I still don't. Like, just give me give me some compactable, like, little batarangs, man. Batarangs don't need, it's not about show and tell, baby. It's about, get the job done. Get the job done. Oh, oh. Batman too loud sometimes. I'm like, bro, he's back. You you supposed you supposed to be in secret. making a statement here. <laughs> you out here, you out here just being like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of imagery in this movie is iconic. Like him rising, him lowering. A lot of that stuff is really cool. Like those are little things that I wish would be included more in the modern day Batman movies. Just like, yo, man. You're a ninja as well. Drop some smoke pellets and get out of there, bro. You don't always have to disappear in a in a cloud of bats. Sometimes it's just cool when you can see sort of your your outline in 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 a puff of smoke, where it's just that mm. dark outline and you can see the edging of your cape and everything perfectly. Like those are those little comic booky things that I'm like, mm, I want more of. So that's fair. I, I hope we get back to more like that traditional, like comic booky, like, yeah, this isn't our world. Mm-hmm. It isn't because it isn't because it's not real. I don't need, I, I, I think I'm done with grounded heroes for a little bit. I just want to like have fun again. Stargirl's giving me that fun. Superman and Lois is giving me that fun where it's not like, and I don't mean like the tone has to be super, like, you know campy i'm not looking for camp because this movie is also very campy um not as campy as 1966 but it still has that camp because you know we're not they weren't ready to take superhero movies super seriously yet and like really go into like all right what makes this man do this that's what nolan answered like 
why why would a man actually do this what what makes a man actually get to this point how can we do it logically that was christopher nolan's approach i would like that happy marriage of the two now for batman i thought i thought michael uh, michael bay um i thought Zack snyder's batman would do that but we never got to see that fully and i don't care what you say bvs justice league uh, uh uh justice league none of that gives me the batman stuff that i wanted to see from ben affleck so and we'll again we'll only see a little bit of it but according to him he's finally figured it out how to be batman so we'll see he's talking i mean uh, robin pat ben affleck ben affleck oh and the flash thing right because yeah. oh. he says it's the most fun he's had and because he's actually f- feels like he figured out how to play the character now mm. it's like you've been doing nothing but championing to play that character since daredevil so you should have had like as as a as a as a as a as a as a gatekeeping fan over here i'm just like well you should you should have figured it out a long time ago and been like uh i don't want to be a murderous psychopath batman how about no how about we don't do that i don't want to be michael keaton <laughs> I don't want to be Michael Keaton, but on a 14, because Michael Keaton was over here at a 10 and a half. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. When you drop a giant, when you just drop a ball of explosives in a factory <laughs> to just kill everybody in there, that that's pretty outrageous. <laughs> or just yeah. strap a bomb to a... Ch- we're, we're about to get into that. That's Batman 1989, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, make sure you check out our audio versions of these videos. Those links will be below. Uh, make sure you check out our other Batman 96 video or check out the playlist for our, for all of our other movies and shows that we reviewed, etc, etc. Those are all there. Like, share, subscribe. Help us get to uh, 100 subscribers. You know, be on the lookout for some more Batman stuff that we got in the works. But yeah, until next time, I'm Cliff. Join me as usual with Zeke the Geek. And peace. <laughs>